In our message, Jesus diagnoses our spiritual condition. He says that we are sick with sin. But the good news is, is that Jesus is our doctor who brings forgiveness and spiritual healing. Today's reading will be Luke 5, verse 17 through 32. One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men were carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been laying on, and went home, praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who belonged to their sect, complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This is the word of the Lord. Hi, my name is Dan Slofer. I'm the pastor at Crosswalk Church in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'd like to welcome you to our message. Uh, we are in a series called Investigating Jesus, A Walk Through the Gospel of Luke. And today we're going to see Jesus as he heals and forgives uh, a man and also as he calls another one of his disciples. Now, if you've been following us a little bit through this message series, I, I'd like you to be able to see kind of the forest through the trees. And the section that we're in really starts with Luke chapter 3, the baptism of Jesus. And it's when the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are there and the Father speaks and says, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And then he encourages us to listen to him, to listen to Jesus. And during this portion of Luke, Jesus shows his power and his authority. 
It starts in his hometown when he reads Old Testament prophecy about the Christ and says, I am the Christ. I'm the one who is here to fulfill these prophecies. And then Jesus shows power and authority by driving out demons and healing the sick. And he shows his power even over water and the fish with the miraculous catch that that Peter had. And through all of this, then he, he heals another person with leprosy. He is showing himself as one who has power. And this lesson is going to be the same. We're going to see the power that he has as the Son of God. And the interesting part, I think, for us is when we see Jesus and his power and we see ourselves in our lives and the needs that we have, where those intersect is, is really where we live and where faith is born, where we ask the question, how does Jesus help me identify and fill my greatest need? If he has this great power and I have my needs, how does he fill those in my life? And as we consider that, we go to uh, Luke chapter 5 and we begin with verse 17. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. This section, there is so much in this section. And as we, we start, first of all, it's with the Pharisees who would have been like the pastors, right? They are the religious leaders and the teachers of the law. In previous accounts, it said the people were sitting there and listening to the word of God, listening to Jesus teach. But these people weren't, it doesn't say they were listening. It just says they were sitting there. And I've been uh, preaching in moments like that, I think, where there are people who are just sitting there, maybe not paying attention or maybe even being critical of what I'm saying. And that seems to be the case because these are religious leaders who have come from all around the country uh, because they've heard about Jesus and his healing and they are trying to figure out um, who exactly he is and, and what kind of authority he has. And they're actually looking for faults in him as well and, and ways to be critical of him. So in the midst of this, uh, they're, of course, in the house because they're important religious people. And then you have a situation where some friends bring a man who is paralyzed and they want Jesus to heal him and they can't get through the crowd. No one's letting them through the crowd. So they take matters into their own hand. They go up onto the roof, which was most likely flat, and then pulled back. I don't know if they had branches up there or what the roof was made out of, maybe some tiles. And they, they lowered the man on the mat right in front of Jesus. And first of all, I think all of us need to find friends like that. I want to know who your four friends are that are the dig through the roof type friends. Individuals who, when you need help, are going to be there for you. Uh, and if you don't have those four friends, I hope you find them 
And it's a place at Crosswalk where we try to do that in community, in our growth groups, in our ministry teams, that we surround ourselves by brothers and sisters in Christ who love and care about us. And they weren't going to stop until this man was in front of Jesus. So imagine that. I, I have had, in my preaching, I've had medical emergencies. I've had kids screaming. I've had people yelling hallelujah while I'm preaching. But I've never had someone come through the roof, uh, at least not up until now, I guess. But, but this, this is crazy. Dirt coming down, Jesus trying to, to remain on point. And then all of a sudden, this is the center of attention as they lower him right in front of Jesus. And maybe it's a little surprising when Jesus says, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Friend, your sins are forgiven. First of all, friend. And then secondly, your sins are forgiven. And in this moment, Jesus helps this man find his greatest need. Now, if you could have anything you wanted from God, that, that if you look and, and you got one prayer, that if God gave me blank, I would be happy. Imagine if you had maybe a recording career or you were an actor or you were someone who was going to the doctor or you were someone who wanted more than anything else to be married or maybe to have a child or maybe to be wealthy. Imagine that. Imagine if you were someone who had just recorded for a record label and the record label called you and says, we have great news about the album you made. Your sins are forgiven. Or if you were an actor and you had an audition and your agent calls you and says, I have great news. Your sins are forgiven. Or you go to meet with your financial advisor and you talk about retirement and about how your funds are doing and your financial advisor says, I have great news. Your sins are forgiven. You'd be like, what in the world are you talking about? That is not the message that I want to hear. But it's exactly what Jesus does here and he does with us as well as he takes us deeper to identify the needs that we truly have. I wonder, I don't know, what, what do you think? This man who is paralyzed, do you think maybe he thought to himself, if I could just walk again, if I could just not be paralyzed, I would never ask God for anything again and I would be happy for the rest of my life. I know he wouldn't be happy for the rest of his life. And why do I know that? Because I can walk and I can uh, walk and occasionally even run. And yet when I look at my life, there's always something more that I want. There's something more that can make me happy. And, and that's what Jesus is trying to do in the midst of this is take him past what he thinks is going to make him happy and give him what is most important and that is a relationship with God. So he says, your sins are forgiven. Your relationship with God is restored. And how do the leaders of the people respond? The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And as you, you think of these words that they're critical of Jesus for forgiving this man, understand that the Pharisees were, were right. 
They were correct in their assessment that only God can forgive sin. And and when we think of forgiving something, forgiving a debt, forgiving sins, you cannot forgive something that you are not willing and able to pay for. And so just an example, if you were someone who had a loan through your local bank or credit union or whoever it was, and let's say you owed $15,000 on a loan, and I went up to you and I said, I forgive you your debt. (laughs) That's great that I would forgive that debt, but unless I pay that debt, the bank is still coming after you for it. And so in the midst of this, they were right. Only God can forgive sin. But yet Jesus is showing his power and his authority to forgive sin because he came into the world to make the payment. And because Jesus was willing to make the payment, he could make this bold statement that your sins are forgiven. We read on. Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. In this section, don't miss the point where Jesus says, but I want you to know that the Son of Man, referring to himself, and and it's not just the fact that he's, he's human, But the Son of Man is a term that's used in the Old Testament to show the deity, the the Christ who would come. And so with these words, he's saying, I have authority to forgive sins. And with those words is also saying, I am God. I have the power to do this. And we know that when he does this, the, the cross is looming in the distance. It would be the cross, the place where he would go to make the payment for sin, not only for this man as he filled his greatest need by forgiving his sin and restoring his relationship with God, but Jesus was going to that cross for all people, for you and for me as well. This is our greatest need, the need for forgiveness, the need for a restoration with God, so that no matter what we go through in our lives, God is with us. He goes even farther now. As we go to Luke 5, 27 to 28, the next account, after this, so so he does this healing, shows how he, he healed this man and forgave his sin. And after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Now this man, Levi, uh, that's his Jewish name. He also has the name Matthew. So we know that, that Matthew and Levi are the same people. This is the same Matthew who wrote the Gospel of Matthew. And what I find interesting is that this is recorded in Luke chapter 5, but this same account of Jesus coming and calling Levi, Matthew, to be a disciple, 
comes in chapter 9, which means that Levi, Matthew, this isn't the first time he ran into Jesus, but he recorded what he heard and saw Jesus do that he recorded in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus talks about who is blessed and the law and the breaking of the law and forgiveness that comes only through Christ. And so it's after time that, that Levi hears this message and, and then finally on this day, as Jesus walks by him, says, you know what, this forgiveness, this love of God is for you too, Levi. That, that you are included in your promise. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what your history is. That this promise is for you as well. And notice, Levi got up. He's like, I'm in. And, and he followed Jesus, left everything. So his biggest need, he probably thought up until that point, was money. That's why you become a tax collector, to make money. You, you basically... Uh, give up your family life, you give up relationships with the community, you're, you're hated because money is what you feel is your greatest need. But on this day, it switched when he realized he needed Jesus. In verse 29, it says, Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. So anyone who would have been considered Levi's, Matthew's friend, was there. And they all had one thing in common. They're all sinners. They're all people who were basically social outcasts. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And here is the gold. Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy you need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. And with these words, Jesus is identifying Levi, but really anyone who follows him as individuals who are sick, sick with sin. He's making a diagnosis of mankind that we have a problem, it's a sin problem, and he has come into the world to heal us. Now, if you look at this and, and after going through this lesson and you ask yourself again, what is the greatest need I have in my life? What is the prayer that I want God to answer? If you do not believe that you are sick with sin and in, spirit, in need of spiritual healing, you will not recognize Jesus as the, the filling of your greatest need. Maybe a, a, you'll see him as a good teacher, a good example, but not the most important thing in your life. And with these words, Jesus is giving a diagnosis to each and every one of us to recognize the sin in our lives, the, the, the fact that we are sick and we are suffering with sin. And it's only through him that there is healing. And as we realize that, not only about our sin, but the fact that Jesus has come to heal us, it's in him that we see our greatest need. And the final words I want to share with you are, are the words of the psalmist in Psalm 73, who I think captures in a poetic way this same truth. And this is what he wrote. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? 
and earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I love that picture that God is my portion. That when I look at what I need, and maybe even you could say what I get from being a Christian, a follower of Jesus, is I get God. That, that he's the best part to have a relationship with him, to have him be my doctor, to have him be my healer, to have him be my savior, to have him be my Lord, to have him be my God is the greatest privilege that we can have. Take some time. Take some time to consider your prayers, to consider your needs, and to consider your greatest need. And please see that in Christ, he fills that need. He fills that greatest need of forgiveness and God's love. And it is there for you and for me and for everyone. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that you have come into the world and shown your authority and power in so many different ways. And specifically today, we see it again in healing, but, but not just in physical he healing, but also spiritual healing. You forgive sins. You forgive the sins of all people because you are God and have the authority to do it. Lord, we are sick and we are in need of a doctor. Thank you that you have come into the world to heal us. Uh, thank you for the forgiveness we have through you and the restored relationship with God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.